eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley, underbelly, on the other side of the tracks, down on the dock, speak easy, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to on the Odyssey app or wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. Look, we're not judging as long as you're liking, subscribing, and following us. Look, we're down with that uh also if you're liking the gear maybe you're like man on the podcast but i like that gear the first place you want to go is instagram and contact at simply.cora at simply.cora she'll 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 hook you up uh anyways today on this episode we're gonna kind of just wrap up the uh what we felt and what we've kind of taken away and soaked in a day after the mariners close up their homestand and get a two to three series victory over the Chicago White Sox. Talk a little bit about Jared Kelnick and just just being really at peace with him, really happy with his Game 3 uh, performance to uh, put the game away. We also talk about, like, look, we're going into New York. Aaron Judge is not playing. Spoiler alert. How important and how actually very capable the Mariners are of going and getting two of three, maybe sweeping this series and what they got to do to do that. Also, we'll talk a little bit about like who we're hating on around the league. Look, the Mariners are, at the time of this recording, about three games out. Uh, so, but and made some ground this last week, but we still need to be hating on some of these other teams while the Mariners are picking up dubs. And also, if you're looking for a place to, like, I don't know, watch the game this Wednesday, head on over to the Admirals Pub in West Seattle to watch the game with Seattle Mariners PA announcer, Mr. Tom Hutler, a good friend of ours here at the Rye Bread and Mustard of Mariners podcast. Uh, he will be out there. Things kicks off about a half an hour before uh, first pitch. And listen, special guest... The Mariner Moose, that's right, the Mariner Moose and Tom Hutler will be at the Admiral's Pub this Wednesday, June 21st. It all starts a half an hour before the game. And before we get this show going, just want to say, uh, just want to shout out and observe Juneteenth. That's when we're recording this right now. Just definitely want to uh, acknowledge that and as well as Father's Day that just passed just uh, yesterday at the time of this recording. Anyways, let's get into this episode. Um, if you're watching on uh, on YouTube or on the socials, uh, here's the big reveal. I'm talking with Hanno in Edmonds. 
There he is. Hanno up in Edmonds. What's going on? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey, what hat is that? I'm not, I'm not sure what so, hat that is. Um, it's a minor league affiliate of the Chicago White Sox back in North Carolina. They had a special day um, back uh, last season. I had a friend working back there. Uh, it was the traffic cone game, or that's what they called themselves. He knows I work construction, so he got me a hat when he was back there. Oh, nice. So to tie into maybe the Chicago series wrap, was that done on intentionally that I just kind of picked up on, or is this just uh, serendipitous? Yeah, it's just the first thing I could grab. Homestand, four and two. Can't really complain about that on paper. Uh, be happy with that maybe going into this homestand. Uh Maybe uh, it could have been better, uh, but it also could have been worse. It's baseball. Uh, but we just finished up the series here with Chicago, headed into New York now. But uh, how about just to kick it off, let's just talk about uh, this uh, Chicago series. You want to start maybe with it? Let's start positive. You know, they got the series win on Sunday. Uh, big 5-1 to one victory. Still have the 18Ks, uh, but... Uh, Miller was, you know, outstanding in this game. The bullpen held it together. We got big, big contributions, um, you know, from Julio and Jared Kelnick. We've been waiting for them and just, you know, imagining them both being hot at the same time. Uh, we got to see that here in this game. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Miller was fantastic. Really needed a big game out of him. The bullpen has been taxed with close games. And Scott using his high leverage guys that the Mariners, quite frankly, want to with Brash, Munoz, and Seawald, 7, 8, 9. And those games turned out that way. But, yeah, those guys probably not available the third game and had Miller go deep into that game. Um, he looked great. Um, he was outstanding. And then as far as the offense, yeah, you missed. You mentioned uh, all the Ks. Yeah, there was a ton of them. So I got to congratulate Cal Raleigh. He was the only one on the team who did not strike out that day. Amazing. And that's somebody who's obviously like the rest of them, but, you know, working on that, uh, that, uh, you know, not whiffing uh, thing that the Mariners are all prone to. The Mariners need to keep the strikeouts down. Um, and this game, they didn't. Um, and they were lucky enough to get the win. I mean, in the history, there's been, I mean, Lance Lind um, is part of a quite an elite group of pitchers that have struck out 16 or more batters and have lost he joined pedro martinez randy johnson nolan ryan and bob feller wow as uh pitchers who have struck out that many and lost a game um, can you give me that list again pedro, pedro randy johnson randy johnson nolan ryan and bob feller all hacks okay keep going yeah so um <laughs> Yeah, it took a big, uh, big hit by Jared. Uh, he's been scuffling lately, um, and you can see that he started to expand his own a little bit. So it was nice to see him get going. It, you can tell he's working on going the other way. Uh, some of his outs in this series were deep to left field, and uh, um, just he went with that pitch. That's what you want to see. I know we've talked about a lot you know, about the strikeouts and some of the pitch selection and wanting guys to go with a pitch, especially with two strikes on and uh, Jared came through. Yeah. And I just listened to his uh, interview. Actually, I watched it on YouTube 
Bob and Wyman or Wyman and Bob, Wyman and Bob on Seattle sports. They were talking to him out at uh, the uh, Edgar's Cantina. Shout out to Tim out there at Edgar's Cantina, by the way. I uh, also, uh, I, I, but going back to what they were talking to him about was just like, just talking about, you know, look at this big breakout season for him personally that's going on. And he was the first one that was talking about it. He goes, Hey, I'm scuffling right now, but I'm going to get through this. And this interview was on Friday. So he was very aware that he wanted to get himself back going. And he was just going into talking about also understanding that, you know, you're playing against elite players in this world. And sometimes it's just going to, those guys are just going to have the right hand. He, you know, they were kind of equating it to playing cards. And in that moment, I felt as I was listening to this, I kind of figured out, cause I have been a doubter, not this year, but I was in the past and just, didn't think he was ready, but there definitely was some doubt into it. And I really thought about it and listening to him and how it's going so far. I feel like he's, he's figured it out. We're now we, I can just sit back and other fans should just sit back and watch the journey. And I also kind of thought about why I thought maybe this was going to be, he was maybe, you know, not going to turn into who we think he can, you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with just the Mariners history of these things, bad luck and all these wrong turns that have happened. And these, you know, duds that have happened is more so I feel like why maybe I felt that way at times. I don't know. Just something I kind of was thinking about when you're talking about Kelnick. Yeah. I mean, sure. He was part of a trade. I kind of um, put him in the category of, almost a homegrown guy just because he came over in that trade so early on in his career. And you're right. The the Mariners have not shown to be able to develop hitters um, or position players uh, out of the farm. You know, in my lifetime, there's been just a few. Yes, Um, exactly. Griffey, obviously number one pick, you expect him to make it, but the next guy would be Alex Rodriguez and maybe Kyle Seager to name a few. Then you had your Dustin Ackley's who was a high draft pick that did not pan out. So yeah, um, that's a, that's definitely, I can see why you thought that way. I mean, now we look at it today's game and you know, if we only, I mean, we talk about so much how the Mariners develop their pitchers and they sure have, they got to get all the credit. If they can only get that half of that with some position players and they really still haven't shown it yet. It looks like they got some promising guys down the farm, but they still aren't here. Um, then I think we have a really successful team. Yeah. And, and, you know, just going back to the, the, the Kelnick thing where I was just listening to him and how he was talking. And then you tend to find out that this interview was from Friday, I believe before this series, you see how he's ending the homestand and the series and just, just listening to him talk and, also looking at the numbers and looking how that series ended where I finally have just been like, man, I'm, I've felt great about him this year. Don't get me wrong. It's like nothing where I'm like, I'm, I'm just at this point where I go, he's not going backwards or he's not going to regress back to what we saw when he wasn't developed quite yet. Uh, I don't think he'll ever go back to that again. Maybe 10, 12 years from now, 13, maybe 15 years from now, the end of his career, sure. But you're never going to see him back below 200 anymore. You're not going to see, uh, 
that part of him again. I just feel like now it's just going to be an ascension for him, and I, and I'm excited to watch this. Yeah, I got to give him a lot of credit. He went this summer, worked really hard on it, knew he had to make some changes. Came back, looks good. He's older, you know, just, I mean, still a really young man, you know, 22 years old. So, you know, the development, you know, and his his outlook on baseball has changed. It seems to have, you know, where he's grown up and that's really good uh, to see. I mean, I see videos of Ryan Divish posting early on uh, during the days of him getting out for early batting practice, working hard on yeah. it. I mean, you, you can tell he cares. Uh, he yeah. wants to be a good player. So, and, I mean, that's he, all you want in a player. Yeah. And he enjoys being loved. I know that he gets compared a lot to Julio, who's just so out there. You know, Julio's just got an unmatched personality. It's so fun. You know, like my grandma Norma will always just text me something about Julio all the time. She's like, I, he's just such a joy to watch. Jared's kind of been billed as this like very tense, high or low and billed fairly because that's what we saw in the years prior. And we did kind of see that more like strong attitude out of him. You had the internet or the Instagram scrub thing that happened. So you have all these, you have all these preconceived notions of how he's going to be but listen he, let's go back to that uh, 2021 run when you know there's the famous uh, picture with him with the i believe he really embraced that and had was calling for people to come to the ballpark things didn't really go his way in 2021 obviously i mean in 2022 obviously and now he's back this year he's got the country road song i heard that they asked him why he chose that song and he's just like i don't know, i like that song and did you notice all the people singing? He goes, that's what I, yes, that's why I picked it. I want everybody to sing along to it when I go up. Like he really does love the support from the fans and wants to be one of these, you know, liked guys and beloved guys by, you know, the Seattle Mariners uh, fan base. So he has the same wants as, as Julio. They just kind of go about it a little bit differently. Yeah, you're exactly right. They do go about it differently. Julio is, you know, smiling having a good time i think jared has a good time but he takes this as a job and is and mm -hmm. you know he goes about it differently and thinks about it as being a his yeah. way of him going about it as being professional he mentioned that on the ride to the game with jen if you caught that before the game a little segment she does where she drives with the players and mm -hmm. um that's just the way he was brought up and he played travel ball he talked about his coach was really strict um, it's a job to him. He has fun, but that's just his personality. And Julio's got his personality. Neither one's right or wrong, but it's, you know, it's just two, hopefully, superstars in, on the team that can go about it a different way. Yeah. And also, do you think uh, these guys are chipping in for gas when Jen goes to pick them up, or is that a root sports pain? She doesn't that? pick <laughs> them up. She drives their car. Oh, she drives their car. Okay. Their gas. Their car, they're 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 wear and tear. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's a good segment. Yeah, oh, this is a good segment. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Kind of got a little bit off track, but I mean, at this point, when you're listening to this, you probably know most of the stats from that game. That was awesome. You, you talked about the 18 strikeouts. Yeah, but if you would trade five runs for 18 strikeouts any day of the week, if, if that's what we were going to see the rest of the way, right? I, I would say I would take 18 strikeouts if we take a win, not five <laughs> runs. Yeah, okay, five runs. Still yeah. lose. Okay. Yes, you are right. You are right. Uh, in this game, uh, that but getting to five one when the game was very close, uh, we get into the eighth inning and it's two to one. Uh, we saw this the day before another close one run game. We saw this Friday. Um, Seawald had been out there twice already um, and uh, had actually technically blown the save the, the game the day before. He was getting ready to come out there. Jared Kelnick gets up there, gets this big uh, base clearing triple. Seawald gets to sit down. Uh, we also get to see Adcock go out there, which is which was great for him. He had a whirlwind of a um, home stand here, making his major league debut and getting to close out a series wins got to be huge on Father's Day. Uh, but as far as the Mariners going, I think that was really important getting Seawald that rest because he's he's thrown he's been an All Star. Close, closer this whole season. He had the hiccup there in game two, but that was on a back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, you got to be able to pitch back-to-back in the big leagues for sure. Agreed. Uh, go, going three days in a row, uh, especially early on before the All-Star break, yeah, it seems like they didn't want to use him, and I agree. It was huge to get that uh, cushion uh, like that, you know, not to um, – to just completely not have to use Seawald in that situation or as one of your high leverage guys with just a one run victory and keeping it tight or one run lead and then uh, having to a tight safe type situation in the ninth. So, yeah, it was really good that uh, the M's were able to get more than one there, have a nice comfy win, something they feels like they haven't had in a while. Yeah. And, and, and just to get the house rocking late, Right there, that's like a back-breaking, you know, stick a fork in him kind of thing. When that happens at the in the bottom of the eighth in a tight game, and the home team does that, that's usually just pretty much a fatal blow most of the time. Yeah, exactly. The knockout punch, and on a getaway game for Chicago. Yeah, yeah, and and nice and a nice feeling after you know game two. Let's just spend less than a couple of minutes here on this, uh, if, unless you have more to say about it. Like the game two was was pretty disappointing. You know, uh, the Mariners had many other uh, other opportunities to put this game away. They you know put some runs on the board early, but then again, just 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 sputtered out halfway through the game. Uh, had chances late in the game, had chances in uh, the bottom of the ninth, I believe, with what, second and third, can't get anybody in. Uh, just a frustrating day. You're right, Seawald's got to go out there and be able to close. 
you, you got this guy making his major league debut <laughs> coming into the game for Tim Anderson, which you'd feel, feel like, oh, okay, Tim Anderson's out of the game. That sucks for him, but that's good for the Mariners. You know, <laughs> you know, halfway through a game, uh, came back to haunt them. Uh, just a just a tough game. What do you got to say about this game? Yeah, it was a tough game. It was a game they should have won it, you know, to be quite honest. Uh, Seawald, like you mentioned, has been lights out this year, all-star type caliber closer. And, um, you know, he gives up a hit, uh, the first batter. Hey, that that happens. Um, but then he walks the next guy. And I come from the Lou Pinella school of thought. You can't walk, guys, especially out of the bullpen. Yeah, I I'm get just as... I just get just as incensed if as Lou probably more or I get just as incensed as Lou did when he was managing. I mean, it's you just can't have it. It almost um, bothers you as much as a Jack. And I know it's not as bad, but it bothers you the same way. Yeah, kind of. I mean, as a pitcher, you're <laughs> going after the guy as a hit as you know if they hit a home run but you you're not even giving yourself a chance to get the guy out if you throw four balls that's kind of how right. i look at it so that's yeah and i know me. i know i sound very stupid uh equating a ball of uh bases on balls to a home run but i mean of the irritation level especially late in the game it, it just it really it really bothers me it's just i get i get irritated at both because sometimes maybe you give up a lead like a, a jack and you have a four run lead and you're like, that's fine. I'm getting to the next guy versus a walk and then another walk. And then now you've thrown what 13, 14 pitches. Uh, the guys on the dugout that are ready to, uh, you know, attack on you have seen a lot of the game and then you can turn into a big inning. That's where, why I start to get irritated about it. Yeah. I mean, Luckily, Seawald then, you know, after they scored, he shut them down and uh, we go to extras. And then there was another point where we could win the game, you know, with this ghost runner rule, uh, man on second, uh, nobody out, really hot shot to tie France. He makes a web gem like play, a play you don't see very often. Ground ball to the first base. He throws to third to Suarez to get the lead runner going to third to get that first out and really nullify any chance of them scoring. It was a great play by them and they ended up not scoring at all that inning. So the Mariners then, you know, start off the next inning with a man on second and they can't get him in. I mean, it was just frustrating as heck. That's your, you got another, you, you made a great play to give yourself a chance to win the game and you didn't come through. Um, a lot of things happened, you know, in that inning, uh, Scott service decided to hit a pinch hit for Jared Kelnick who's been one of the better hitters against left-handers. Um, I could see that. It was a good lefty uh, going for them, you know, th throws that sweeper as a left-handed pitcher. You know, sometimes Jared struggled against that, you've seen. But, but overall, um, he's done pretty well, and the numbers kind of say that. And when you bring Cal in to go uh, righty against lefty, and that's the Mariners' formula, as you have watched the games, they are big on that. Cal struck out, and Cal's – weaker side of his two mm. is from the right hand side and just... so you can say you can say oh well that was a good decision i can see both sides of it i don't then, i think it was a terrible decision i think it's yeah, stupid i think it's yeah. stupid because just jared has passed that threshold and then i look at this box score and i see that murphy's got five at bats in this game and i was gonna get to that next five. yeah all right sorry. no no it's cool 
Um, I know that's your I know that's your territory. I'm stepping off. Shelly <laughs> down at Murphy's on 45th. <laughs> You're not getting off that easy. I mean, it has nothing to do with her and all to do with Tom Murphy, to be honest with you. I mean, Ooh. he's had a good he's he's had a good recent streak. I gotta give him credit for that. He's hitting near 300, but he hardly plays, you know. Um, and to get in a situation where you have Tom Murphy up. I would have just rather seen Jared get a chance to hit and then Cal pinch hit for Tom Murphy in that situation. I just, I don't like it. Uh, Jared Kelnick has overcome lots of odds this season. I would put him up there. I mean, I just talked about it earlier. He's, would you pinch hit for Julio? Because there's just a nasty, nasty right-hander that he's over 17 against. No, I'm going to, I know Julio's going to get him. I know he's going to get him at some point. And same thing with Jared. Yeah, you got to give your guys a chance. I mean, in this game, you know, Scott emptied the bench. He uh, he even had one of his bench guys, Dylan Moore, start off in left field that game. Um, he got no hits. Another bench player coming off the bench to pinch hit, Mike Ford. He didn't get a hit. Pollock came off the bench or went in then and to replace Dylan Moore. He got an at bat. He didn't get a hit. And Murphy, as you mentioned, over five. So I just mentioned all the guys on your bench. My point is, when mentioning all those guys, that's your bench players, and really the, yeah, there is no really the ceiling is right there. We're kind of where they're at, and um, you know, and, and it's hard. It's hard for Murphy. It's hard for players to play once or twice a week, and and get any feel for the game. Feel like they're getting in a rhythm. I mean, I get that, but the Mariners really didn't put guys you know get the right guys in there in my opinion in the offseason to kind of elevate their bench from where they were last year yeah and that game sucked uh game uh one of the series i know we're going back in time here folks but the mariners uh take that game uh three to two was on apple tv uh that was a good teoscar hernandez night uh great pitching great you know uh Great bullpen work. Seawald comes in, closes it out. Uh, the Mariners get a uh, get one of those one run wins. I know that they just give one up the next day, but it it was a good it was a good feeling on Friday night when things might not have been working uh, to win that game because I felt like they left a lot of opportunities out there. Terrible with uh, runners in scoring position and uh, bases loaded situations. Yeah, yeah. All true. I mean, what I got out of it, too, was Brian Wu. Really impressed with him. We talked about it last time that he threw. I mentioned, hey, when you were down in Anaheim, I said, man, that guy throws a really easy going 96. And I asked you, does it look that way? And you said, yeah. I watched him a lot closer this time. And, you know, what makes him throw that great 96 to me, he's got such an easy going fluid motion and the ball just jumps out of his hand. It was nice to see that. But what I really like seeing out of him was how he's evolved in his starts. He started throwing that slider, you know, starting it uh, outer third and then it getting dropping out of the zone. I like to call it the Julio pitch, the one he always swings at. Um, mm-hmm. He was really good with that slider. So it was nice to see him use his secondary pitches. And the Mariners got the prototypical game they want. They, I mean, he went five and two thirds, and then, then they came with Brash, Munoz, and Seabold. That's a recipe for success for the Mariners, yes. and that's what they yeah. want to see every game. And that's what they hoped to in the last game that they blew in game two. They had it all set up, 
and you were feeling pretty good, but it, they just didn't execute. But in this first game, they did, and that's what the Mariners want to see. Yeah, that that's all right. That's all the good stuff right there. I mean, being able to set that up, again, we've seen that the week before when we talked about it. We get to see that. We get to see that two to three times a week. Uh, let's say three times a week, we're, we're going to be good. Hopefully you get a more comfortable game, but whether you're up one run, two runs, three runs, that that's a tall order when you throw that at people. That is, yeah. that, that, that's the close. That's the close. That's the, we're, we're wrapping this up. This is when the Seahawks were really good in the heyday. This is where we get that turnover. We get that, we get that, we score, we get that three and out. And now we're running Marshawn at you the whole way. No, yeah, exactly, and 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 to go on that point of seeing those three, um, that's what helps when you have the hitters come through, so you don't have to utilize those game guys to win you a game. I mean, that game you needed those guys to win you a game. You want to get some more runs, you know, so you don't have to use those guys because three days in a row it's just not happening. Then you're gonna have to go to your spires and all the rest of the guys. Cicada, uh, so Sosito. You know, there was a lot of pressure, you know, going into this weekend that we were talking about of like, hey, you have to win this series. You have to at least get two or three. We obviously wanted the sweep. Sweeps are tough in baseball. and But, uh, we, you know, mission accomplished. There are four and two on this homestand. Now here's Lenny Randall. When the Mariners beat the Red Sox. They're headed on a pretty important, I mean, they're all important, but you got the New York Yankees for three, followed by Baltimore for three. They're, as we're recording this, it's the day off. As this is coming out, we're starting the series with the Yankees today. All games are, are night games, so there is no 10 in the morning game. So that's great for most fans that uh, will get be able to catch the game after work or you know most of it when they get off of work. Uh, big series because the Yankees took two of three here in Seattle a couple weeks ago. You remember that Aaron judge came in here, had just a spectacular weekend, spectacular. He fucking, he shoved it in us. You know what I mean? He's, he was taking robbing home runs, hitting home runs. Um, guess what? He's not going to be playing in this series. With that being said, do you expect the Mariners should take care of business here? You sure would hope so. I mean, the record with Judge not playing is awful for the Yankees. They've been struggling mightily. And besides that, them struggling as a team, a lot of their big-time hitters are struggling. I mean, in the last 12 games, Rizzo's hitting under 100. John Carlos Stanton's hitting just 130. DJ LeMay, who's... Uh, hitting only 181 uh, they just got swept by their rivals Boston um, so yeah they've been struggling and without judge yeah you need to take advantage of it they're a completely different team without him yeah I mean if if if, if Gino can hit all those balls to the the track uh, like he did in this 
<laughs> this homestand in uh, New York, he's going to have six or seven home runs in this series. Well, actually, if those balls that he hit to center wouldn't be a home run in Yankee Stadium, it's a lot deeper out there. Really? Really? So he's got to pull those. Well, yeah, I mean, Yankee Stadium's short down the lines, but when you get in the gaps, it's it's a lot deeper than, wow, than T-Mobile. It's the first time I've heard you say anything less than it's a bandbox. Well, it's it is down mind. the lines. Down it the lines. So, so if you're a dead pull hitter, this this is all gravy. It's a shorter porch, no doubt. I mean, it's just over 300 to right and like three, just a little more than that in the left. So going into the series, I feel good. I feel good because, you know, we like we said, we're getting Kirby, we're getting Castillo, and we're getting Wu, correct? Uh, Castillo seems like when the moment's big, he, he takes care of business. I know this, this season uh, you were bringing up a stat that is a little bit concerning, and that's what about Castillo when he starts the games? Yeah, um, the Mariners have not won games in, that he has pitched. And, you know, as your number one ace-type caliber p- uh, pitcher that you trade a lot for, you would hope to win a lot more games when he's pitching and be the type of stopper um, that you have on your team that can stop losing streaks. He's not gotten the support run-wise. Some say it's kind of the Felix Hernandez effect he's gotten. But uh, there, there's some definite similarities between uh, the rock and the King on the mound pitching for the Mariners. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know we'd like to talk a lot about like, we'll just wait and kind of thinking we're going to fall back and see some things that we saw last year, the one run victories, maybe a big streak. Uh, well, there's an opportunity right now because last year Castillo made his debut for the Mariners in the Bronx and, was amazing was lights out i'm hoping we get to see that again yeah i mean they got a tough matchup in game one it's a great matchup with like you said kirby going against garrett cole who's seven and one with mm-hmm. an era under three uh as of now i don't believe the yankees announced their uh starter to go up no. against castillo um herman has faced the mariners before and uh uh you know That's he's a sticky substance Yes, and Wu's going to be going into Yankee Stadium, and I've, like I mentioned earlier, I've liked what I've seen out of him and his development up here. Um, he's made a major, major stride, so uh, I, I give him all the chance in the world to pitch well back in New York. You know, if he throws like he did against the White Sox back there, uh, it'll keep the Mariners in the game and give them a chance to win. Yeah, then the Mariners have to score more runs than they did against the White Sox. You're on the road. You're in the Yankee and you're in, you're in Yankee Stadium. You're playing a offense that doesn't have an automatic 5-6 runs in a series against you like an Aaron Judge in the lineup right now. We've seen how we can shorten the game with the Brash Munoz uh, Seawald combination with Spire coming in to take out a a tough lefty. Uh, I mean, the whole bullpen. Um, and we also have seen when we can put together a big lead that the rest of the bullpen is not going to let you back in the game. 
And so, I mean, this isn't rocket science. This We've heard this over and over from everybody that watches the Mariners. They got to score runs, and it, and it needs to start right now because Yankees, as we're going into this three games above us, this is the team that not only are we chasing, we lose this series, you can tack on a game because they'll have the tiebreaker. So getting a split is very important here. You need two out of three. And obviously, the ultimate goal would be a sweep in this series. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking for at least two out of three. I I mean, we'll talk about it. We talked about it last week. Uh, You got to win games and series to, uh, you know, start chugging in the right direction and start picking off some of these teams ahead of you in the wild card and hopefully in your division. And especially with the Yankees being down like they have and not playing well, you got to, you know, strike while the iron's hot. We saw this over Twitter from our good friend, uh, Chris Copacino. He had brought up some sort of theory that I believe I'm pulling it up right now. It has to do with the roof being closed on cold days and the home runs, uh, not leaving the park that everybody thinks should be leaving the park. Uh, yeah, he wrote... I got to send thought, it to us. Go ahead. What, wrote, and what did he write, Hanno? He wrote, thoughts on way to mitigate effects of T-Mobile's early in season. If the game time temp is under 60 degrees, roof closed. Easy as that. Hashtag marine layer. Thoughts? Okay. Uh, so he's saying if it's above 60, the roof can be open. If it's below 60, close the roof to help with the marine layer. That's how I'm reading it. I don't know. I kind of feel every time that the, the roof is closed, the ball doesn't seem to travel as well. I don't know what the number, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't either, but I've heard that it's it, there is a difference that it could help a little. I, I'm with you. Um, there's some why because real- it would reduce wind from one direction to the other, or is it that it keeps moisture out? Who knows? But that's we'd have to d- dive deeper into the numbers to really uh, figure that out. I know uh, a guy on Twitter, Luke. Uh, Atkins, I believe his name is, has wrote about this a while ago. And let's go, I'll go back and rehash what his article said. But to my knowledge, there isn't much of a discrepancy in home runs in Seattle. But uh, here, no, there, getting back to that, what do you think? Do you think they should close the roof on on a day that's below 60 degrees to help mitigate the marine layer? Or offset it. I'd have to ask Al Gore. Okay. I need more scientific proof about this before I can before I can uh, answer that question. Uh, one thing I will say is sometimes I'll be like, why is the roof closed? I understand that there could be a threat of a rainstorm. Uh, but sometimes it'll be up and there's no rain coming. Why don't they reopen it? Doesn't seem like they reopen it after they close it. 
Yes, I believe that's a rule. Once it's closed to start the game, they will not open it. Why? If why I did I don't understand why that is a rule. It's something we can find out. We can maybe do a little research on this back door, back alley, dive bar podcast. You know, we don't do much <laughs> research here because it doesn't fit the narrative. Um, so we could figure that out. But man, when I read that, I was incensed. I could not believe I, I totally disagree with this. For one. Go ahead. We we play the kingdom. It's an outdoor stadium. Why would I want the roof on? That's just one. Um, number two, why do I want to manipulate a, a game? You know, that's basically I see the uh T-Mobile Park is just not really a roof, but an umbrella. You're still getting in possibly some wind through there, some moisture, some marine layer. I don't know. But, you know, they have all these kinds of rules that traditionalists don't like, you know, like putting a man on second base in the ninth inning. Why would I want to manipulate a park? Why not get better players or got, you know, or I, I just, I just don't like that idea. Um, it's not a cold thing because I saw people wearing ski coats this weekend. I mean, it was chilly up here on Sunday. Are we really trying just to help the Mariners hit a home run? I mean, the other team will have just the same amount of chance yeah. to hit a home run and they have. So I just, I don't, I, I'm not for the idea. Like I said, we got to get Al Gore. Let's get Bill Nye, the science guy. Let's get Kopey. Let's ask questions. Let's figure this out. Um, there should be some sort of big summit. Let's get uh, Leo DiCaprio in here. You know, any any give me some of the other uh, global warming people in here, and let's break this down. I was going to say interesting, interesting uh, uh, comment by him. It's a different way of looking at. It. I just I don't like it. Yeah, it's uh, I just don't like the you can't open it like it's like in a car. It's like it's hot in here. All right, let's roll down the windows. Now it's cold. Let's do it. I don't know what the cost is. Don't quote me on this. But at one point and this man, this had to be a long time ago, but I've always remembered this. I heard it was 40 to forty five thousand dollars to either open or close that roof. That's what it costs just from the hydraulic power that you need to do this. Or that's well, what the energy bill is. Well, they got a big ass roof. They could put some freaking solar panels or solar panels on top or yeah. over the train tracks. I, I mean, that seems ridiculous. But maybe maybe that was the case back in two what ninety nine when they opened it. Um, I don't know. And, and I get it, but then I just see him opening it after the game the other day when Jen Miller was doing the post game, and I was like, why couldn't you open that during the game? So I found the commissioner's. Uh, ground rules definition for retractable roofs and it says for ballparks with retractable roofs the decision to begin the game with a roof closed or open rest on the home team so mariners have that option the roof can be closed only for weather reasons if the game begins with a roof open if the game begins with a roof closed it can be reopened once if the home team determines the climate environment has reached a level where fan comfort and enjoyment will be served by opening the roof. The roof may be moved only once during a game unless inclement weather indicates otherwise. During the postseason, the commissioner or any other de designated official shall make 
all decisions regarding roof movement in consultation with the home club and the umpire crew chief. So you're, they could open it, but maybe uh, there was some rain cells in the area. They're looking at their Doppler thing. Who knows? But uh, maybe it also came down to um, fans' comfort. And, you know, maybe that has to do with uh, also closing the roof, like Kopi mentioned, when it's below 60 degrees for, you know, fans' comfort. I mean, yeah, they do that in Arizona, um, Houston, Texas, they all have retractable roofs, but they actually close the stadium, you know, for AC purposes, you know, where Seattle is more like an umbrella, more than a closing the roof or like a dome. So interesting to read all that stuff. Um, yeah, but uh, you can only do it once, open or close. I think it's, it's stupid. I think it's stupid. Hi, this is Tom Pachorka of the Seattle Mariners, inviting everybody to come on out to the Kingdom on August 23rd for Mariners Funny Nose Glasses Night. Uh, Be the first in your neighborhood Tom, to have... Tom, I'm sorry. August 23rd is not Funny Nose Glasses Night. It's Jacket Night, Tom. Jacket Night. Yes, every jacket. kid 14 and under gets an official Mariners vinyl jacket free, Tom. Jacket. No nose. No Funny Nose no Glasses. Nose. No, I'm sorry. Hmm. What am I going to do with 30,000 pairs of funny nose glasses? That's your problem, Tom. All right. So, like we were just mentioning, the Mariners are, at the time of this recording, three games back, give or take, by the time you listen to this. Bottom line is, we got big series with New York. New York is uh, a team that we are chasing for the one of the final wild card spots uh, early on, but they are three games ahead of us. They also have a two-game lead in the series. We obviously need to take care of business there, but then we go to Baltimore, so huge road trip. But until we get to Baltimore, the Mariners can only take care of what's in front of them. We're going to still need help. We're always going to be looking for help, so that means we got to be hating on somebody. So we're going to go down the list of the teams that we should be hating on, and sometimes there's two teams that we're hating on both of them, but we got to hate on one of them because maybe it benefits the Mariners better in the long run. Uh, let's start off with Baltimore, Hanno. Uh, we're going into Baltimore after this, but they are going to be down at a very, very talented uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, I mean, I, you got to you got to go with uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, um, all the way. So just because uh, Baltimore is closer to you. Um, let's say they have a bad series. You win against New York, you go into Baltimore, do well against them. Yeah. You could pick off a lot of games here this week against them. Uh, you, you picked up one game against them, uh, over the weekend when we did this before. So yeah. Um, let's go with Tampa Bay. Yep. Yeah. And like, uh, there's a slogan Tampa Bay all the way. Uh, that's pretty much going to be a slogan when they're playing most of these teams. Uh, here's a pretty easy lob ball. Here's an easy lob. Los Angeles Dodgers at the Anaheim Angels. Obviously, go Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, Anaheim is in second place in the year division right now. They leapfrogged the hated Houston Astros, who have been struggling. So, yeah, you're going to go with the Dodgers down there in the freeway series. And, and, and I, you know, the Dodgers are a good team. They could take care of business. Uh, here's another easy one. Uh, the Houston Astros are hosting the New York Mets. Obviously, New York Mets. You are a Mets fan in this series. Correct. 
Yeah, we are hating on the Astros. Anyways. Uh, when don't we? Yes. Texas Rangers. AL leading Texas Rangers. Still hoping they can screw this all up. Uh, they are at the Chicago White Sox, who we just played. So, obviously, we are now Chicago White Sox fans after taking care of business with them. Now now we can now we can just root for them all, the, for at least for this weekend. Yeah, we want the White Sox for sure. I mean, we play the Yankees this series, and then the Yankees follow up against Texas. So it could be a rough week for the New York Yankees coming up with us, hopefully doing our job, and then Texas going in. But, yeah, for this series, we want the White Sox over Texas. Yeah, and White Sox are trailing us in the wild card, but I'm not too worried about them. I'd rather go after I'd rather We're not looking in the rear view. Uh, here's an interesting one. Red Sox. At the Twins, now you're going, well, what do the Twins got to do with this? Let's not let's not forget if Cleveland or somebody else gets hot in the central, the Twins could drop down into the wild card picture. Similar records as us, but we are, I believe, chasing the Red Sox still. I think we're still a game behind them. Um, and the Red Sox uh, control right now the, the series split. Uh, got to go Minnesota Twins, though. Yeah, you got to go with Minnesota. The Central is pretty weak, right? This year, or pretty weak this year, with uh, the leader just hovering around 500 in Minnesota. Um, Austin is ahead of you in the uh, wild card. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, and we still have six games, I believe, to play with Minnesota. So, you could still win that uh, series. Um, you have a better chance of that than with Boston right now because the odds are kind of against you. But yes, and I agree with what you're saying. Here we go. Easy one. Toronto Blue Jays at the Miami Marlins. I think the Marlins can take care of business. They seem like a good team. Uh, so we're uh, we're with the fish. Yeah, absolutely. You gained one game last weekend uh, again uh, with Toronto. So, yeah, you want the fish to come and uh, do their thing. Luis Rise, after struggling mightily, not getting a hit against the Mariners, has had back-to-back four-hit games. Let's hopefully he gets back-to-back-to-back four-hit games against the Toronto Blue Jays. And to close this out, uh, the Cleveland Guardians are hosting the Oakland A's. Uh, thanks to the people that listened to the last episode that uh, I put out last Friday with my uh, Oakland A's friend, uh, Danger Dan. Um, sad stuff in Oakland. We're rooting for them. Uh, we need them to uh, beat up on Cleveland. Cleveland owns the tiebreaker on us, so we want to at least be one game better than them by the end of the season. So we'll take any losses. Yeah, plus I'm rooting for Danny and his team. Let's go Oakland. Yeah, if you haven't checked that episode, go check that out. It's that it's it's pretty raw, right? To to the point, you know. Yeah, and I get it. I mean, he he let her all rip, and I would have the same feelings as him. Um, it was nice that you were able to grab him to get his thoughts, and he didn't hold back. So yeah, yeah. And you know what's gonna be fun is he's gonna actually be up in Seattle. Uh, for the Tampa Bay series, going to one of the games, I'll talk about it. We'll be down there at Tacos and Tequila when that happens. But uh, I told him he's going to get to see why, <laughs> get to see a real ballpark. You see why some of the concerns are out there. I know that's a little too soon to say. But uh, the 
the hopeless romantic Mariners parlay. You got the Mariners, you got the Rays, you got the Dodgers, you got the Mets, you got the White Sox, you got the Twins, you got the Marlins, and you got the A's. So, uh, <laughs> that would be that would be that's the ultimate parlay right there. Don't yeah. take my word for it though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we won't. <laughs> no, but <laughs> don't listen, re- do not place this bet, but just this is this is these are the teams we want, right? We Yeah, and like we always said, we have to win. Um just to recap, the Mariners gained a game against Baltimore and Toronto each. They gained two games against Houston. And uh, they stayed the same against Texas and Anaheim um, this last weekend. So, yeah, it comes slow. But, you know, two games over the weekend, uh, that's nice to see against Houston. Yeah. Anyways, we're running uh, We're running long here. Uh, you know, Oh, it's Mariners been start- a good hour. It's nice to talk <laughs> for you for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, am I usually trying to rush us through this? Oh, yeah. You kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Uh well the Yankee they're taking on the Yankees this, this for the next couple of games. You know the teams that you need to hate on. Uh, you know what the Mariners need to do. They need to take care of business. What you need to do is like, subscribe, and follow the show. Yeah, I said it. We love it. It helps us out. Also, if you want the gear, get that at, at simply.cora. This Wednesday, if you're getting this before this, I believe our good friend Tom Hutler, the Mariners PA announcer, is hosting a Mariners watch party at the Admiral in West Seattle. So that's when the Yankees and the Mariners are playing on Wednesdays. Go check that out. That's going to be lots of fun. Uh, That's at the Admiral in West Seattle with Mariners PA announcer Tom Hutler. He'll be over there.